0: Learn more at Marines.com. This team stinks. It's getting worse. People need to lose their jobs over it. Hey, it's like I never left. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Giants 8, Pirates 7 out in San Francisco. Fourth loss in a row. Eight losses in the 10-game road trip that was just completed. And this team stinks. And it's getting worse. And people need to lose their jobs over it. The last one is something I'm kind of throwing in as an addendum right now, but it's probably got to get to the top of the list before long. Specifically, the hitting coach, Andy Haynes, who has not presided over a single improvement on the roster. Not newcomers from the outside, not prospects who've come up, We continue to see the pattern of players make it from Indianapolis, feel good about themselves, do really well when they first arrive, and then give them a few days. They all disintegrate into the Haynes approach of just standing there and watching good pitches go by because the primary purpose of being a hitter is in Major League Baseball now, is to wear out the other team's starting pitcher as opposed to, you know, hitting. Like swinging the bat and hitting the baseball. Never mind situational hitting and other things that would keep you from having the lowest batting average with runners in scoring position in the history of modern baseball. Those statistics only going back as far as 1901. Otherwise, I'm sure they'd have them all clocked. Haynes is virtually begging to be fired. And please spare me, spare me that all his... His hitters are all so terrible and they're all, of course, there's some really bad hitters. And yes, there have been some really, really bad lineup placements by Ben Charrington forced on to Derek Shelton, such as, hey, leave Yoshi Tetsugo out there for multiple months. Leave Yu Chang out there. Leave... Josh Van Meter is still on this team. I go overseas and I come back and Van Meter's still on his team and still costing the Pirates games like the one he did arguably yesterday in San Francisco with that ridiculous backhand flip that he tried for the double play. So yes, there's very clearly a talent level problem, but tell me which hitter on this team has gotten better. I don't mean better to the point of even being good. I just mean better than whatever it was that they were. Under Rick Eckstein, for example, in 2021, which hitter has progressed on this roster? Name one. Just one. I know, right? north shore tavern right across federal street from pnc park this is a year of general regression for this team and there's no longer anywhere to hide from that not the youth thing not the we're trying this and that with this guy or that guy this team was terrible at hitting in 2021 and it's worse now this team was actually pretty good believe it or not, at Fielding and Fundamentals in 2021, as I was one of the very few people pointing that out at the time, and they now stink at that. The pitching has made marginal sporadic improvements in some areas, notably with the decent run that's been had by the starters, and within that, notably Mitch Keller. This one might not be as fair to pin On the coaches slash instructors because of the insanely short sighted and cheap skated assignment of Rowanzi Contreras to Indianapolis for the purpose of making sure that he costs a little less two three years down the road. But I'll continue to give credit to Oscar Marine when and where it's due and. The starting pitchers have earned some of that. The bullpen has been, I don't even know what to say about the bullpen. You know, because David Bednar's been wonderful until his back got hurt. Will Crow has been a pleasant surprise. The home run yesterday, notwithstanding. But overall, it's just been a scrap heap collection of guys, and it really hasn't even mattered all that much. So I look at the hitting, I look at the hitters. And I ask myself two questions. One, is there a single hitter in that clubhouse who said to me at any point, on the record, off the record, however, man, this guy's really making me a better hitter. I really feel good when I get in the cage and I have Andy Haynes watching over me. Not once. Not once. And say what you want about how Tine finished here, but I used to hear it all the time. Not just about Tine, but about his predecessors as well. Even in the years where they weren't very good, you would still hear hitters say something about their hitting coach. Never comes up. Never, ever, ever, ever does one syllable of his name come out of anybody's mouth. I ask a second question, and that is, Why was he the only member of Craig Council's coaching staff in Milwaukee to have been fired immediately after the Brewers had just won the division? Yeah, the playoffs were disappointing. Yeah, having Christian Yelich fall off a cliff in 2021 and before that in the pandemic year was deeply disappointing. But I'm going to repeat, they made one move after that season. One move after that playoff, and that was this guy right here, you, gone. So why did the Pirates pick him up? Why was Charrington so gung-ho on him? I have to believe that his hitting philosophy matches Charrington's, meaning that you've got to wear down that opposing starter, that you've got to put a priority on seeing pitches. That's why they went out and got Daniel Vogel back, because he led the majors and still does. He's right up there anyway in pitches seen per plate appearance. They love that. They think it's the foundation of hitting, as opposed to, you know, hitting, actually hitting, swinging the wooden thing and making contact with the spheroid. That's hitting. No one, no one is doing that. No one can do that on this roster. I mean, I could get into a separate rant on situational hitting. I'm not talking about risk. I'm talking about bunts, moving the runners over, uh, shortening up with two strikes. There was an at-bat yesterday in San Francisco where Michael Chavis really, really needed to put a bunt down. Guess what? He's never done that in his life. Maybe the Pirates need to think completely differently about hitting in general instead of just being late into following every trend as they were with the launch angle thing under Neil Huntington and as they appear to just be waffling through it now without a clue as to how to coach or deploy hitters. It really, really is rising to number one on what's gone wrong in 2022. Believe you me, it's not about to go away in 2022. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Colin who asks, if Mitch Keller keeps pitching like he's been, could you see the Pirates offering him an extension. Mm. You know, I could, but not in the way you're thinking. I could see the Pirates talking to Keller and maybe attempting to sway him into a very team friendly contract that would offer him, you know, the, more security than what you get for probably about 90% of the starters in the league. Bearing in mind that the one thing about pitching, unlike maybe any other position in professional sports in North America, is that every pitch can be your last. I mean, you just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen with your elbow or your shoulder or whatever. Now, that said, let me share the reality here for anybody who isn't familiar with it. Keller's currently got a contract where he's getting paid close to the minimum, which is 725000 He's going to be first-time eligible for arbitration in 2023, and because of how he's pitched over these past few weeks, he's certain to get tendered through that process. The Pirates retain Keller's rights through arbitration For the next three years, should they choose, and they can do so on a year to year basis, which is a much safer way for them to go about their business. And that, of course, is how they usually go about their business. After that, and only after that, Keller can become a free agent. So if you were talking about the kind of extension that I presume you're referencing, meaning a longer term one that would take away his free agent years or some of his free agent years, you'd be getting into four or five years, something to that effect. And what would you really be gaining out of it from the team standpoint? I mean, you'd have a really nice day on talk radio. You know what I mean? You'd have one day where everybody wasn't ripping you. That's not a reason to do it. And for that matter, I'm not sure it's a reason for Keller to do it either. I I just don't see it. I don't see it with pitchers. I really don't. I, I've heard and read people say uh, when David Bednar was going real well earlier this season, oh, you got to get him up there. you got to get him signed. No, you don't. No, you don't. In baseball, the one good thing for the low-revenue clubs, the one good thing about the economic system is is that you do retain these players' rights for six full years from the time they arrive in the majors. Not just when you draft them or a certain period of time after that. The clock, the service time clock, ticks only for every day that you're in the majors. So there's got to be six full years of that before a player can go to free agency. That's why I always say that a lot of the people, most of the people, I think, who complain about this sort of thing, not you, I'm referring uh, to just people in general, are people who think that the baseball system works like the football one that's a lot better known, the NFLs, in which you can be out of there in three years away from your original team. Baseball is double that. And you, unless it's an extraordinary case, have very little motivation as a team to try to lock up players to long-term deals. You just don't. You don't benefit from it. Again, other than from the PR standpoint, unless it's someone like, say, a Brian Reynolds. And I'm not just saying that because he had the big blast and the five RBIs yesterday and really, really deserves to be on a team that's got some clue as to how to hit a baseball, I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates and I especially appreciate in coming back from this trip everyone who sent kind uh, wishes or other other forms of encouragement to enjoy the vacation and not worry about missing out on podcasts for the first time since this show launched. So um that was um uh, that was a big part of allowing uh, me and Mariko, my son, to enjoy the time in both London and in Belgrade, Serbia and the villages and everywhere else that we went. So thank you for that. We will do another one of these tomorrow when I'll be heading back to PNC Park for all that fun.